The following is a presentation of the Chicago Bears Network and ChicagoBears.com. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app for up-to-the-minute Bears content every day. And now, welcome to Bears All Access, your all-access pass into Chicago Bears football. Bears All Access is brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by Miller Lite, CDW, and Ford. Welcome into another edition of Bears All Access, presented by IGS Energy. Jeff Joniak and Tom Thayer, my broadcast partner from News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM, WBBM. And we're pleased to be joined by veteran tight end Ben Broniker. I know that sounds weird, that, but. That, that sounds good. You're in the grind. You're, you're grinding towards yes. a long career in the National Football League. Good to have you here. Thanks for being here. I know it's a crazy time, short week for sure. Yes. And uh, two games in five days, lots of meetings while you're doing one thing. Other half of your brain's getting ready for the regular season opener. How's it all been? How's it all been for you? It's been quite a ride. Um, now that I'm looking back on it, <laughs> it's amazing to see the progress, not only the progress that I made, but everything that players have done since we first got here. We've got the second longest preseason in the NFL, second to the Ravens reported, I think, a day earlier than us. But just like the amount of time that we've all committed to this journey, <laughs> it's uh, it's pretty amazing that it's that's almost over. But you, you know what? But your whole journey has increased because here you are. Right. You come in, you don't know a lot. Where's your place going to fit in this offense? Number one, and then it fit, fits in multiple places on the offensive line of scrimmage, and then you start playing a little bit in the backfield, fullback, H back. So Jeff says the you got one side of your brain thinking about Buffalo, one of it thinking about Green Bay, but then you got four different assignments that you have to be alert to, and even even special teams duties. Yes, for sure, it's a challenge. Uh, something that I've really had to focus on and work hard on uh, since I got into the league, because the adjustment um, coming from Harvard or coming from college football in general, uh, I was specifically an offensive player. I think it maybe played kickoff return my, my senior year. Uh, but to come into here and the circumstances be completely different and then your job list, you pretty much have to be a, a Swiss army knife and do everything. It was, it was quite stressful uh, rookie year, but I think I've, I think I've uh, managed well since then. So going back to high school in Indiana, first of all, did you have any Indiana colleges that you look you liked or you grew up around? Or that... I guess, I guess now would be an appropriate time to like throw shade to all the Big Ten schools <laughs> that that passed up on me. Uh, no, I had uh, I, no uh, Big Ten offers, no uh, uh, Division One single A offers. Um, just. Uh, Southern, Southern Illinois. Southern right? Illinois. But you had all these impressive stats as a high school right. football player. But then I read honorable mention all. What the heck is that? It says all state, and that has got parentheses, honorable mention. Who in the heck was in front of you? I, <laughs> I don't really know. I, I know that, at least in Indiana high school athletics, the opinion of the people that determine all those ratings is that there's nothing south of Indianapolis, which... <laughs> Uh, which I guess is kind of true. If you, I mean, if if anybody's ever been to Indiana and you drive south of Indianapolis, it's just a bunch of farmland. That's that's where I'm from, um, and so the competition that I was facing and putting those big numbers up against was uh, less than stout, I guess, or less than impressive. So I didn't. Well, you can only 
perform to what your opportunity exactly. presented. Right. And it, it's, that's what the thing about it was, is that's kind of making a joke because you had those impressive high school stats. But you've always been climbing the ladder because when you got here, we're talking about Har- the student from Harvard. Mm-hmm. That's no longer a part of your introduction. Now it's the multiple-faceted football player right. for the Bears. It's kind of neat how you've climbed that ladder. Yeah, it's it's been really difficult, um, but focus and determination has gotten me to where I am. What has been the most difficult aspect of it? And, you know, you're in a place right now where other guys in that 90-man locker room are, are, are currently in. I mean, you did get waived twice. They kept you here, though. So you did enough that they wanted to keep you right. here. And now, you know, the, this process continues and you continually keep adding to your repertoire. You're getting stronger, bigger, faster, better. You're getting smarter at the NFL level. Uh, you got a new system that, hey, may, you know, you're going to tell us that you may fit ideally in, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so a lot of things going in the right direction. But so when you put all that together, it is a process. Right. The whole thing's a process yep. when you come into this league. But what was in what is maybe still to this day the most difficult aspect of it all? I guess the biggest challenge that I faced rookie year was really coming to grips with how um, much pressure there was um, every single game, every single opportunity. It it was quite the realization for me that I was no longer playing football for fun, that this was mm-hmm. a business, this was a job, this is going to determine my future or my teammates' future. Uh, so there was there was a lot riding on that line, and I... I I didn't really uh, understand that coming into or, or making the transition from college to When did to it crystallize? Pro. What moment? Maybe, well, see, I got injured in uh, rookie preseason, um, and they kept me around until I, was, until I got active, I think week three. So that, then I was without any, like, without playing an NFL snap under the lights, I was thrown out there <laughs> on Sunday, <laughs> and I, was, I learned I learned really fast that I had to grow up. Um, so I, I tripped up a couple of times, but eventually got on the right course. What Jeff just said, you're bigger, stronger, faster, better than when you got here. Right. A lot of guys, when they come into the NFL, they probably never achieved the numbers in the combine that they did at that time. <laughs> Are you bigger, stronger, faster, better now? I think you had 20 reps in the combine. Yes. So have you elevated your strength, your size, your speed yeah. and those types of things. Definitely, uh, a kind of a lot has been made about my combine numbers. I was on the back of the Wall Street Journal saying well, it was that the I fastest sixty-yard shuttle won ever, the or combine something? or right. something like that. Uh, but to be honest, I was quite disappointed with my performance because I was tired and ready to go home by the end of the combine. Uh, I think every athlete that goes through that. Mm-hmm to some extent, <laughs> it's ready for it to be over because they keep you up late and you have, then you wake up early to do drug tests or more meetings and they really drag you around from from uh, from interview to interview there at night. Um, but to answer your question, yes, I've, I've it's really important, um, or at least in my case, it was important to adjust from playing Ivy League football to NFL football. Like The defenders on the other side of the ball are, are quite different. Uh, so I, I had to improve my body, improve my speed, and that sort of stuff, and to be more competitive. As it is, as Tom indicated, uh, and this is ancient history now, <laughs> once you get past the combine, but he was, he had the fifth fastest 40 time, he had the 
third most bench reps among tight ends. He had 20. Yeah. And he had a vertical of 35 and a half, which I'll take any day of the week. Uh, and that was second among tight ends. And half of Jeff's height. Yeah. <laughs> and you say you, you should have done better. So were your pro yeah. day workouts yes. better? Oh, your workouts for the, the teams better? Yeah, I improved. I didn't do everything at my pro day because some of those numbers were just going to be yeah. sufficient. Uh, but I think I jumped higher on the on the vert and then ran faster in my 40. I think that might have been the only two things that I did uh, in addition to catching routes. Yeah. We'll get into the X's and O's part of it and football part of it where you're better also because that's one thing that you uh, you can control is how you prepare your right. body and so forth. And then, you know, systems change and things change, and now you got to recalibrate on that aspect of, well, Ben Broniker is our guest here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to Bears All Access, brought to you by IGS Energy, a proud partner of the Chicago Bears, providing electricity, natural gas, and home warranty products to over 1 million customers across the country. Learn more about IGS Energy at IGS.com. Jeff and Tom with you, along with Paul Zorang, our engineer, and Dan Barilli producing the show for us. And Ben Broniker, kind enough to give up some of his day for us, a veteran tight end out of Harvard, uh, making an impact last week. Uh, loved the way you played last week. Uh, you, got, you. you got us all excited. Got us all excited. The run after the catch was big with Chase Daniel last week. Much of the yards after the catch. Is that a major component of this offense? The yards after the catch? Uh, For sure. Uh, I think that the scheme in general gets everybody that's able to catch the ball in the right spot or in spots that are able to gash the defense. Um, So I'm I'm really excited about playing in this offense and seeing, uh, for one, and uh, secondly, seeing what it can do against NFL defenses. So uh, just to backtrack a little bit, so you come out of college. If this offense was presented to you now, are you still Ben Broniker, the tight end that's going to block on the line of scrimmage, or would you be Ben Broniker, the U tight end, in kind of a Trey Burton role? Because you've been able to – I was looking at some of the past tight ends you played with in your career, and there's a lot of them, but you've also morphed into that position, and there is two differences between the tight end here. Yes, uh, I would say probably the latter. Uh, one, because that's I played in the slot and out wide at Harvard, um, more comfortable out there. And two, uh, I played wide receiver as, in high school. Um, so a lot of the adjusting process or the adjustment process for me the first two years of my career was learning to play with my hand in the dirt as an inline tight end. Um, but I recognized that there was going to be a little bit of a, a, a job change with the uh, just the way that the the, uh, the personnel and the staff wanted me to to play. So this off season, I cut a little bit of weight, thought about uh, or focused more on running faster, uh, improving my agil- agility to make way for myself, make uh, transitioning to more as a U tight end. You told everybody last week, and I, I, I was unable to get it in the pregame show because we got guys in our you – know, Jim Schwantz was a special teams guy with the Chicago Bears and the San Francisco 49ers. Tom did special teams his entire NFL career. And here Ben Broniker was talking, talking about <laughs> – I mean, it just really grabbed my attention. He's talking about how great special teams is, you know, and that it's relaxing. And I'm like, whoa, 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 back up a minute. Relaxing. I've never heard a player in my 22 years in this building or covering the Bears or back to 85 say special teams was relaxing. 
but he finds it relaxing. Will you please explain to Tom yeah. why you feel it's uh. relaxing? <laughs> relaxing. Well, I compared to offense, I find it to be more freeing, and in the same sense, in the same sense, relaxing to a certain extent. Uh, there are parts of special teams that are not relaxing, like punt, for example. <laughs> You're put in a disadvantageous position and asked to run backwards, stop a man's full charge, and then run downfield and tackle a, an agility freak. Tackle a better athlete yeah, than Yeah, us. exactly. Right. Uh, but specifically, offense asks you to be at a certain spot in a certain amount of time. There are all these rules who you're supposed to block, who you're supposed to read. Special teams, f- compared to that, is just like football for, fr- for fun. Uh, in high school, just running down on kickoff with your, with your friends and everything like that. It's, you it, know, it's at, real, I've found it really relaxing. At this level, it's, it's really the first rung of the ladder because right. if you're coming in here as a rookie and you're not one of the high draft choices that's going to be immediate, considered immediate starter, for sure. you better contribute on one, two, or as many special yeah. teams as you can. Then you're going to get that game day jersey, that game day mm-hmm. activation. It gets you more reps at your craft on the practice field, and now here you are. Well, that's exactly yeah. what's happened to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I guess I'm really fortunate and then lucky to enjoy special teams as much as I do. Oh, uh, some can't stand it. Some don't yes. want to ever do it. But some you know, do it reluctantly, right? Yeah. I, I, I hate do exactly. I, I hate to keep bringing it up, but but I I did plan it from my first game in the NFL to my last game. And every year in between, and I was on the wedge on kickoff return. No. But again, it, it is it, it, it is a more of a sense of belonging because when you go to the uh, the room and you look at, they always hang up whatever special team they're doing. They hang up the depth chart, and when your name right. is there on the top of the depth chart, it's just another aspect, and you kind of take pride in it. Yeah, uh, it shows that the special teams coordinator coach has faith in you that the staff upstairs trusts you to do something that's difficult. And they have louder voices these days, too, the yes. special teams coordinators yes. that dictate, you know, it's going to dictate in some cases, not a grand number of players, but it'll dictate who makes this football team yeah. on Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. The cut to 53. It reminds me of reading about Trey Burton's background because special teams, he was a quarterback at Florida for crying out loud. He played multiple positions, but right. the special team, so apparently he's in a meeting with Dave Phipp who at that time was the special teams coordinator, still may be in Philadelphia, I don't recall. But Dave Phipp, uh, you know, he's, it's cra- Trey's asking him questions about stuff, and the guy shines this, uh, the little pen light on the depth chart. <laughs> and Trey's like, you know, the fifth tight end or sixth tight end. So, you know, don't focus on offense, focus on this. Well, Trey turns out to be the NFL's, on the NFL all-rookie team as a special teams player. He was great, I remember. Yeah, so Trey's production was amazing yeah. first couple of years in the league. And that's the key. Right. And that's the key. And if everybody who comes in the league thinks the same way you do, I think they have a greater shot at being somebody that can be here and put together a 5, 8, 10-year career. It's a humble pie, though, because for the first time in some five-star careers, yeah. uh, you know, they have to be on special teams. You know, you're not a five-star high school kid going to whatever program. You're coming to the National Football League and – Look, you're going to play, participate on special teams. Mm-hmm. There is a big difference between special teams coordinators. I think uh, we've talked to people about this, including yourself. What do you think about our friend right now? Because he's <laughs> been here before. We love uh, Tabes, and uh, he's, he's got a lot of intensity. He's yeah. just a, he comes off as being just, you know, hey, uh, oh, golly gee guy, but he's not, is he? He's, he's a character. Uh, 
on one hand, he will, if you're having a bad day, he will give you five different jokes, one-liners, knock, knock, whatever you need to get you to get you to smile and, and you know, like have a better day. But on the other hand, he's got this fire within him, kind of kind of crazy fire that <laughs> comes up on on game day. If you watch him on the sidelines, it's it's like. <laughs> It's it's amazing. It's just like the craziness, the look in his eye. It's it's unlike anything I've ever seen. Well, the personalities you're dealing with on the special teams, right. especially when you have guys like Bellamy and stuff that have made a career <laughs> on a special team, Sherrick McManus, he makes yeah. a huge play the other day on the punt. Right. Uh, perfect form tackle, mm-hmm. you know, getting downfield. And, you know, I think when you see how important it is to guys like that, it, it carries a lot of weight. And then you see the personalities of some special teams coaches then you, de- you you get an understanding of what that room is like. Yeah, I think he's really been able to connect with uh, guys that have these big personalities, like as you were saying. Uh, so I think uh, just from sitting in the room and being a part of, of special teams, I feel like the group is more closely knit. It's working better together as a result of his ability to, to use his sense of humor to connect us. That's also the feeling I get from talking to everybody with Ben Broniker, the Bears tight end here on Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score brought to you by IGS Energy. That Matt Nagy, from the moment he got in this building, has set the tone for the entire year and for the immediate future of the Chicago Bears. There's a great response and a great respect for, for Matt already. And it's rare that a first-time head coach can absolutely get that from day one. That's just my experience with it anyway. Uh, what is it about him that resonates with those 90 guys, including yourself? I think, one, he's younger. Two, he was very specific about what he wanted from us as far as like a team culture goes. And as from day one, like you said, when he showed up and we had our first team meeting, he was like, be yourself is one of the most important things, but also we need to be obsessed about this this mission to win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, so I thought it was obviously this is my this was my first <laughs> NFL head coaching change um, that I've experienced, but it was to me it was very concise and specific as to what he wanted, and that was for us to be a family, to be ourselves, and to be obsessed about football. Did he change your locker position? Because you want to be a family. I think that's part of the growth process. I heard that was Tony Medlin, but could have been. <laughs> it, it goes along with Nagy's agenda. Yes. Yeah. Of uh, uh, mixing and matching and, you know, yes. getting to know each He wants yeah. family. Yes. You can't get stronger than family. That's, that's right? absolutely right. You can't get strong in family. That's how you get through all the tough times and work through all the great times as well because you got to deal with success as much as failure. We'll continue our conversation with Ben Broniker here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Get the latest Bears news, photos, and videos delivered straight to your mobile device. Download the Chicago Bears official mobile app presented by Verizon. Jeff Joniak and Tom there with Ben Broniker, the Bears tight end, as he gets set to play... Uh, snaps. I don't know how they're going to play against the Buffalo Bills on Thursday night and get ready for the Green Bay Packers on September 9th. Uh, it's it's very exciting to know what's on the agenda coming up. A division battle against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, everybody's got to get through the weekend, though. It's probably made for a little nerve-wracking week, maybe, for a lot of guys who don't know their future. 
for sure. You get that sense. Do you feel that? And you could speak to it better than anybody because yes. you've been here. <laughs> yeah. And I've been cut yes. twice on the day. Um, yes, I can, I can definitely feel a mood change from hmm. pretty much everybody, especially the guys in the bubble. The starters essentially know that they're going to be here, that, that, you know, there's, there's job security there, but everybody else feel they pull back a little bit. The uncertainty gets to them. Um, and pull back in just, terms of the conversation or they, they yeah, get quiet. Yeah. yeah. In, in a sense, they get quieter. Um, but that's just, that's just part of the job and the competitive nature of this business. How has Kevin Kilbright been, the, your position coach, Kevin Gilbright, Gilbright Jr.? Right. First of all, he's the best drop foot or drop kicker I've ever seen. <laughs> I've been watching. You know, you see, you get to these games I early. I know that. You, check them out. Wow, a left-footed drop kick from like 40 yards away with consistency. But anyways, how has he been able to manage a group of, you know, there's a diverse group of guys in there. You guys are still a young group of tight ends. Mm -hmm. You got Deion Sims with experience. Right. But how has his transition been through the system into you as a young player? Well, he's been great. He's spent time to really understand what uh, Nagy wants from the tight end position and convey that perfectly to us. Like he's, he, does a fantastic job of being an NFL coach. And what that means is allowing us to express ourselves and be professionals and handle our business. But then again, being a coach and making sure that we're doing the right thing in the system. Are all you tight ends in one room or yes. is, is so a Trey Burton as a you tight end would yes. be in the, okay. Yeah. We're all together and he coaches us all. Do you feel more comfortable now three years in to volunteer some information to your coach or in terms of, <laughs> Hey, what about this? Or not yet? Yes. Uh, but that's it's a difficult thing to do. I, yeah. I have a good enough relationship with Kevin that I could do that, uh, that I'm confident enough to do that. Uh, but it's not always the case. <laughs> no. Not, well, always, not, not always the case around the league that yeah. anybody would be able to Are do Are you that. exposed right. to a lot more routes this year than you have with the last systems you've been in, even going back to college? Mm -hmm. Because I think you had a big midfield catch in Denver at practice, mm -hmm. too. And I always thought you guys really benefited for having Chase as your quarterback sometimes yes. with the second reps because he knows the system so well. But, you know... Are, is it still this consistency in the routes, or are, are you have more? I think that the tight ends are just featured more, especially in the seam, in the middle of the field, uh, than we have been the past couple of years. And that production is what you're seeing. We're being where uh, tight ends are the first or second read in the quarterback's progressions, and uh, really taking advantage, especially when the in the middle of the field when the safeties are split. That's do you have it down cold? Pretty much. That's <laughs> a been, good I've answer. Been, I've, been, I've, been, I've been living it for the past, oh, it's been six, seven weeks. Yeah. Do, well, you know, Matt's been very good about telling everybody, listen, now, hey, listen, now, we're going to be fine, but this is a process. This offense yes. and Mitch Trubisky executing it and seeing the things, or as he's uh, said recently, Matt, just the other night about bones are buried in the offense, which Chase Daniel knows, and Taylor Bray is now six years with uh, this coach, knows where they're buried as well. It's going to take time for everybody to know where they're all buried, right? right? And, and I think that's an important thing. Everybody wants and expects, okay, results because you've got to change. They look at the L.A. Rams last year. Not everything works so black and white. There is a lot of gray in the National Football League, correct? For sure. Uh, and just putting together – an offense that 
functions at a baseline level. You could be the worst offense in the NFL. That's hard to do, if I'm being honest, to get everybody, all 11 men, doing their job correctly and even gaining a yard on a play. Tough to do. Have you seen these guys that play defense? <laughs> Amazing. But to like to know where the bones are buried, to know understand the nuances of of the coverage, the position, everything that a quarterback has to go through. Uh, it's it's extraordinary. It, the best offenses in the NFL, they're essentially they should be viewed as like magical. Just like the amount of talent, the amount of dedication, the amount of study that it takes to to pl- execute an NFL offense. Right. Well. And, and this offense can do it at each level. It's interesting how it could take advantage of each level. If you're going to go and evaluate your opponent and you see they're susceptible to something, one thing or another, you have an opportunity within this offense of attacking all three levels. And that's neat, whether it's the size of Allen Robinson, the speed of Taylor Gabriel, the efficiency of Trey Burton, you guys as the the other opposite tight ends in the running game. And, you know, there's so many weapons here that yeah. it's going to be neat to see the evolution of this. And, you know, when you say that, oh, yeah, you've been living it for six and seven weeks, that's not a long time. This is something that you have to adjust an offense for years. Yeah. When you think of Ben Roethlisberger, you think of Aaron Rodgers, if you get your group of guys with one system for five, six, seven years, that's when, that's, that's when you're dangerous. Yeah, that would be almost unbeatable in my mind. Right. And that's rare. Yes, for sure. There's too much impatience. Yeah. There's too much injury. <laughs> uh, you know, people get, uh, you know, a little itchy about when things don't go well right away. And, you know, you can sit here and talk to your blue in the you face. You get the right guy behind center, though. That's what I'm saying, you have, Yes. Yeah, you have a great but, opportunity to achieve but, that. But, Tom, paired with the same coaching staff for that period yes. of time. Because if there's constant change, you know, every time you're taking two steps back to make one giant step forward. In most cases. It does happen every now and again. Well, Look at these guys, his offensive line. They didn't, they didn't miss a game for how many years? Long time. Seven years. Seven years. Oh as but, an offensive line. But you, they were together. That's beauty. That right. that's what he's that's the magic he's talking about. Right, but you know when you talk about coaching staffs, coaching staffs being long tenured with the same team, a lot of it has to do because of you. You know they're not making a change with Brady. They're not making a change with Roethlisberger, although coordinators, not head coach, and the other crews around the other great yeah, quarterbacks. Flacco and Harbaugh. Yeah, I mean they've been together. Payton, you know yeah. Sean Payton and. And Drew Brees, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it all seems to go hand in hand. And then you keep the same offensive line coach. And then, you, you know, the whole system stays in place. And then the tight ends are running a route for the thousandth time, right. not not 100 or, you know, whatever whatever and, the case is. And at that be. point, you essentially don't have to think. The yeah. whole offense Jeff, functions. Which is special hey, teams. Yeah. You don't have to think. <laughs> if you think, you're beat. That, he is, tells that, me is, that, that is something as a cerebral uh, football player I had to learn and adjust to. Quite difficultly. So, uh, have you conquered that yet? Yes. How did or at you, least how did in you, part. As you said, it, yeah. it's a process. Well, how'd you do it? How'd you have to... Okay. So, you're getting yelled at if you make a mistake, right. or you're getting pulled from a right. blah, 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 and you're, you're, you're going home and thinking, what? God, how can I slow this down where yeah. I don't have to? I mean, what was your own process? Because you, you right. are a unique individual. You really want to know? Yes, <laughs> I do. I discovered meditation, and it essentially allows me to focus hard at being me in the moment. So I don't have to worry about, oh, I dropped this pass, 
or did I run the right route or I'll, I made this mistake. Now they might cut me or anything. These million things that might be floating around or that were floating around in my head rookie year, they're just gone. And I'm focused on what I'm doing at the moment being the best version of me possible. So you train yourself through meditation. Yes. How often do you meditate? Every day. Like for minutes, hours? I, well, I mean, if I want to sit down and commit time to meditation, I do that in the morning and at night for at least mm, 10 minutes to get to keep me like focused. And but you can do it at any time of the day. Like I have been during this this interview. <laughs> to, if I'm being honest, yeah, just like find a spare breath and I can just really refocus myself and yeah, in between questions. Yeah, it's you and I are going to have to visit off right. the air because right. I, I if anybody needs meditation, it a, it's this guy right it is here. A big <laughs> skill that you should you should so, look into. So and I know we got to go to a break, but to just stay on this topic for a moment, when did you start feeling and seeing it bear fruit for you the meditation as it pertains to football specific? It's quite difficult to get started with because at least how we're built in this society. We're trained to be impatient, to look for the next thing. To teach yourself at 22 years old to be patient took months, half a year. I really didn't start noticing myself being almost a different person maybe a, a year down the road yeah have you had others follow your lead i've tried <laughs> it's pretty weird to, <laughs> it's pretty weird to try to explain they just sit in a room and just focus on your breath you know with all the distractions that we have in our culture but we have a ton yeah we have a ton ben broniker our guest here on bears all access we'll continue the conversation with tom thayer jeff joniak on chicago sports radio 670 the score The August 30th preseason game against the Buffalo Bills brought to you by Hall of Fame partner United Airlines. The first 25,000 fans entering Soldier Field receive a Bears schedule magnet courtesy of United Airlines. United proudly flying the Bears for over 40 years. Jeff Joniak and Tom there with Ben Broniker here on Bears All Access. One more question to follow up about the meditation. Was there one instant that lit the fuse that you go, okay, I need something to pull me out of this? Or... Did you just start learning about it and then, okay, I think this is a process that could help me in, in my job and life? To be honest, it was a series of stressful weeks and a string of mistakes that led to a referral to the team uh, psychologist, Gloria Balagwe, and she led me to this app called Vision Pursue that I think was uh, developed by somebody, an, an ex-NFL uh, player. I can't remember his name right now. Um, but it essentially takes you from never having heard about meditation to a, a practice-trained meditator. Very good. Hmm. And she's serving quite a role in this organization. Yes. Very few people know who she is. Obviously, it's not somebody that uh, is written about or talked about, but um, she's been around here the last few years. Mm -hmm. you got guys from various backgrounds, ages, uh, issues, whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, I know Trey Burton just uh, I did did something uh, on on some website about his experience with being anxious, a lot of anxiety, and how he managed to to work. It sounds his, exactly yeah. the same as as my path. Yeah, yeah, and work through that because uh, 
the mental health of everyone is uh, a, a concern, obviously, but everybody needs a little something to get them through their career, their day or whatever. And just because it's exercising your brain mm-hmm. to be a, it's no different than exercising it's, your it's, body in the weight room. It's hard to expose yourself in a locker room too. When you're the new guy there, you don't want to seem like a guy that's anything other than a committed NFL football player. So I think what they're, the attention they're trying to pay to everybody, I think it's really important because you can come to work with a problem. You can have one happen during the day or, you know, well, over the course of night. I mean, you, you just detailed the pressures. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, you're you're twenty something year old kid who you know clearly could do whatever the heck you want. You have, you are a smart individual who you know down the road you have other other plans and so forth. When you're talking about a guy who uh, studied molecular and cellular biology, wow, um, great yes, me- that memory, <laughs> yeah. But uh, the the thing of it is, uh, if you care about this game and you care about the limited time that you have to play this game. Uh, Anything you can do to me, that tells me you love the game. That tells me yes. you want to be a significant part of the history of the Chicago Bears and, and maintain this career because not everybody loves it like that. Right. Yeah. Uh, when I first got in, when I first showed up at this building, I met with Frank Smith, my then tight end coach, and he told me that there are two guys that make it in this league one, absolute freak shows, and two, guys that will not be denied. Obviously, I need to. I need to, if I want to make it I need to fit into that latter category and the vision pursue meditation training is uh, an example of that does it make it you know does it does it make it easier on a day-to-day basis for you because you have somewhere to go and help yourself um or are there days that still are frustrating because you know you sit in a room full of your peers and coaches have to make a point that you're not doing such yeah, a good job right. I mean the strength that it has provided for you has to get you through those times. Yeah, criticism, failure, anything like that, it's a necessary part of of growth, really, not just in becoming a foot, better football player, but just like growing as individuals. Um, so it's, yeah, it's really important to be able to uh, be able to uh, accurately or not with your ego in so much of a, of a bind, handle criticism and just focus on having a growth oriented mindset and getting better. But you know, the, the, uh, pressure of professional sports never goes away. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So it's more of managing the pressure as opposed to absolving it and getting rid of it entirely. Are you conditioned like my friend here is, who is this way in a day-to-day broadcast sense also, Conditioned to sweat out every day, uh, fear of failure, fear of fear of losing your of job. Losing your job. I mean, do you live in that world? I did, <laughs> but that is very dangerous to do because if you're always afraid of losing your job, you kind of are always looking behind you. And then the the saying is you can never see what's happening in front of you if you're always looking in the rearview mirror or something like that. So it's it was part of the meditation training is focusing on where you are and what you're doing so that you don't have to always be so concerned about if you make a mistake you might get cut or whatever. It's trust in trust in the process and whatever happens happens. Yeah, I mean that was always the carrot that was 
dangle in front of our face yes. is if you don't provide, right. perform, where well, you are going to get cut. That's cruel. Kind of di- <laughs> right. But, you know, Dick, he emphasized that point on a regular basis, too. But, again, it's something that you live through and I've learned from. So, yeah, I put a lot, I put as much pressure on myself to succeed as, as anybody's ever put on For me. sure. It can be an amazing motivator. Correct. If, if you handle it at least somewhat correctly. But it can also be crippling, paralyzing. Yeah, and but the interesting thing when you have somebody that does that, in my case, he's he's my broadcast partner here, but he's also uh, a guy we all respect on our crew. And there's there's just not Tom and Jeff doing the game; it's everybody else. But we all thrive off of his desire to be great. And I think every successful team needs groups of guys like that or leaders like that, male or female. And he's he's that guy, so we all kind of follow his lead a little bit. Uh, that's rooted in his uh, offensive line roots, obviously. As a as a football player, follow us. We'll take care of business. But uh, I, I do think it's important. Do you think you'll uh, down the road now that you have the, your you've dipped your toe in the athletic world at the professional level and hopefully have a ten year career here afterward? Do you think you would be able to impart some of this own self introspection? And have it be beneficial to others I sure in, hope the, so. in the sporting world. I sure hope so. Uh, that being said, I understand that everybody's path yeah. is a little bit different. Maybe guys coming into the league have it more figured out than I did or aren't as anxious or nervous. Um, so I'll definitely be here to help, but I'm not going to be a speaker horn saying, oh, this is how yeah. I did it, so it's got to work for everybody. No, definitely not. Do you pay attention to sports in your free time, or are you? I'm pretty saturated, <laughs> right? But I mean, if if there's a college football game on, and you have time on a Saturday, or you're flying, you know, to a game, they I, have live TV. I generally, don't, but I'm not opposed to it, right? Tim Murphy, uh, head coach at Harvard, he's impacted a lot of folks. Well respected uh, football coach. What did he do for you? What's the impact on you? It was big. Uh, what he did for me was essentially turn me into a man at, at, to some extent. When you get to an environment that's as different from your hometown as Harvard is from Farmtown, Indiana, there's a lot of uh, – doubt or fear or anxiety that might cross into a a young boy or young man's mind. Murph is is a fantastic motivator in a sense that he's not going to be a rah-rah coach in your face. He's more like a mastermind with not not only player development as 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 a football player, but also like development as a human on and off the field, uh, um, character building, um, just making yourself a, a better man. What he did for me was uh, he made me realize that I had the ability to do whatever I wanted. So as long as I really believed in myself and focused and attacked everything with relentless determination that I could do essentially whatever I whatever I wanted to, whether that was be the first uh, NFL player from your hometown or be a doctor someday, whatever it is I wanted to do, if I attacked it with the the skills that he, or the, yeah, the skills that he uh, told me to, then 
could do it. Ben Broniker, our guest. One more segment with the Bears tight end as they get ready to meet the Buffalo Bills on Thursday night at Soldier Field. After this break on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. This segment of Bears All Access is orchestrated by CDW. CDW people who get it, Jeff and Tom and Ben Broniker. It's been a fun, fun time with you here on the show. Really, really appreciate you taking the time out of all these things we've discussed. And if you're just joining the show, it's been a meandering discussion on all things life, which is a reflection <laughs> of football in many regards. You get knocked down, you have to dust yourself off and get back up and get on your feet and get on to the next play. Are you a smarter football player based on what you've learned and did you think you knew a lot about football until you got here and then say whoa whoa, I really didn't know this or you know now you got a brand new playbook and and another very smart bright offensive mind surrounded by other smart offensive minds like Mark Helfrich and Brad Childress and Dave Ragone and so on and so forth yeah the talent in that uh, offensive meeting room is amazing talking about the the NFL offensive minds it's incredible Um, as far as I go, yes, I'm definitely a more or a smarter uh, NFL or yeah, football player in general. At Harvard, I was very good at my niche, my small little bubble that I had to perform in, which was playing in, in line a little bit, but especially in the slot, running down the seam, uh, blocking for screens on the perimeter. I was very good at that. And so I had a sense of what I was lacking uh, heading to the next level. Uh, and those were the things that I definitely had to work on. But it was it was a lot to adjust to Im- immediately. Yeah. You, you talked about your college coach, Tim Murphy, helped mm-hmm. you grow up in that in that time you had there. So now you come to the OTA's minicamp, you're a training camp. Now you're in full pads and you got Akeem Hicks lined up over you. you got Leonard <laughs> Floyd. you got the speed of Danny Trevathan. you got the rest of these guys. How are you able to, okay, accept, I did this at Harvard. I have the ability to do it here against these and the, the linebackers, right. defensive backs, so on and so forth. Yeah. It's amazing how your body and mind adjust to the speed of the game. Obviously, the tempo that I played at in college probably wouldn't get it done at this level. And I realized that after the first couple of reps, maybe rookie year OTAs. But then as I spent more time exerting more effort and just focusing on be- on becoming a better football player. I was amazed at the, the progress that, uh, or the amount of information that I could process more in those short first five steps off the ball hmm. or something like that. It was, it was quite incredible. The body's an amazing machine and it can do, can do, if you treat it right, it can do pretty much anything you want it to. And, adapting to the speed of the NFL game has is, is been one in my experience. Almost every conversation with an offensive player uh, begins and ends in some format for, with the, with the reporters asking about Mitchell Trubisky. So let's get your two cents sure. on the Bears' second-year quarterback. His two cents is worth like a dollar, though. <laughs> so I've really noticed him taking a step forward as far as well, not only he's going to be a better quarterback this year than he was last year. Um, just the types of balls that he can throw, his timing in the offense, all that across the board, he's improved. But what I've really noticed, this is understanding that this is my team and that I'm going to lead it with this perfectionistic motivational attitude. 
that's been a really big eye opener for me. It's something that I've really that's you know, really stuck out. You know, it's amazing. I think it's underappreciated thus far for Mitchell Trubisky is that you learn the terminology of last year's offense. You memorize. You got to down pat. Forget everything he just told you, yeah. and then you're going to yeah. learn a new language within a couple months. Go out there, speak it fluently, and know exactly what you're saying to ten other guys in the huddle. That impresses me a lot about you know Mitch being within the system for a small period of time. Yes, I. To be honest, I don't know how any one human being is able to do that. I agree. Uh, it's the amount of responsibility and just like the the criteria to be an NFL quarterback is just astounding that anybody can do it well is is befuddling to me <laughs> from being honest but i think he's done he's done really well adjusting to you know forgetting everything unlearning what you learned right. and try to master a completely new subject yeah yeah they don't get enough credit actually i i don't think so i mean some people say they get too much when they win yeah, but i don't just, think they get it, enough people that understand the game right understand you the fact that you couldn't take a part well you could i'm just saying if you just kind of showed him listen i want you to learn five plays by the morning and yep. then we're going to take you out we're going to go over them then you got to repeat them and but then you think of that mitch has got to know 300 you know and then they can change in an instant if the, a person changes the nuances, on defense. like what we were talking about earlier finding the bones in the offense that's the next level as opposed to, mm-hmm. uh, where baseline is just getting everybody lined up and then doing the job you could you could do that and be the worst offense in the NFL, but to take that next step is where you just have to be honestly special, in my mind. Well, looks like you're taking the next step as well. We wish Thank you nothing you. but the best here in 2018 and beyond, and we really appreciate your time. Good luck this year, Ben. Thank you. Appreciate this week it. on Inside the Bears, Roquan Smith's journey from small town to Chicago, and Alan Robinson hangs with Spice Adams and big guys in a Benz. Inside the Bears airs Saturday, 6 p.m. on CW50 Chicago and Sundays at 11.05 p.m. on Fox 32 Chicago. You can also watch show segments online at chicagobears.com or on the Chicago Bears official app anytime. Thanks to our producers, Herb Lawrence and Eli Hershkovitz. We've got uh, Paul Zerang and Dan Barilli here helping us out at Hallis Hall. For Ben Broniker and Tom Thayer, I'm Jeff Joniak. This has been Bears All Access on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Thanks for listening to this Chicago Bears Network presentation of Bears All Access. Podcasts are available on ChicagoBears.com and on iTunes or download the official Bears mobile app. Bears All Access has been brought to you by IGS Energy and sponsored by CDW, PNC, and Ford.